0: Shabbat shalom, everybody. So, just to show you that great minds think alike, um, my message today is really going to uh, continue the message that Joseph was bringing you today earlier in his little drash about, obviously our portion is lech lecha, yes? So, I want to talk a little bit about personal Lechlichchaz myself, and we can all be praying for joseph he has a he has a big decision to make in the next few weeks as he decides where he's going to be doing his ministry so we can pray for him as yes. well uh that would have been that would be good if we could make it happen unfortunately, at the moment he needs something else, and uh, we got to pray for him to to find exactly what it is he's he needs to do. God has a plan. Anyway, in today's Torah portion, uh, we meet Avram for the first time, and Avram is not the man who he will become here when we first meet him. In fact, the rabbis talk about ten tests which Avram passed, which made him worthy to be the father of many nations. Today I just want to talk about one. That being the very first one that he was given. It says in the text, it says, (laughs) Now that's a mouthful. Not just because it's in Hebrew. He's telling him to go from the land that he knows from his family, and from the house of his father. So that's a big deal when God calls. It's a big deal when God calls. He's being challenged to leave everything he knows for this whole life that he was. He's 75 years old. He's not a kid. So he had a life. And he's being told to get up and leave all of that behind for something else. In a similar way, we recall that Messiah Yeshua challenged his disciples. You know, you remember one of them came to him saying, Lord, uh, permit me first to go and bury my father. Yeshua said, no, follow me. Allow the dead to bury their own. And the challenge is for us, for for them and for us, is to subordinate our wills in, in, in sometimes challenging ways in order to fulfill the will of God. And I'm going to argue with you that anything else in life is idolatry. I'm going to explain why I think that. So, you know, the rabbis make a, a really big deal about this first sentence. It says, Adonai El Avram lech lecha. So the rabbis always have to know why a word would be repeated like that. It must be a reason why it's repeated. Why not just say lecha or lech? That would have been perfectly fine in the Hebrew. And that's the way we translate it in English almost all the time. The Lord God said to Aaron, Go from your house, from, from your family's house and from your land and so on. That's how we translate it. But the rabbis know there's something else in there. lecha means in one, one sense one way to translate it might be to go for yourselves. Go for your own sake. That, in uh, in other words, to stay where you are is not what's good for you. To go for yourself somewhere that will make a difference in your life. Here's the problem. God says, (inaudible) from all of those things, that you know and are familiar and comfortable with. To get a, a uproot yourself from what's just okay. And I, I will tell you that good is the enemy of great. Good is the enemy of great. We all, we're always ready to, sat, to be satisfied with just what's Good and fail to see that God may have something great in store for us but it takes guts it takes courage you have to you really do have to leave important things behind there's no getting around it and some of those things have such a hold on us that we cannot very easily let them go you know i'm my wife and I, you know, we, we have this big house and, you know, we raised our three kids in it. And uh, one of the things I've discovered about, the, about it over the years, we've owned the house for about 20 years now, is that it's getting bigger all the time. It's like a lot bigger than me now. It used to be I could handle that joint. But, you know, I, like I can't anymore. So I have to have somebody mow my lawn now. And I can tell you right now, this winter I'm going to have that same guy, you know, plowing my driveway because I'm not going to do it. You know, I'll just sit in the house until winter is over, if that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> but despite all of that, it's comfortable. I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. It's a really comfortable place. I like it. It's It's familiar. I know every room and I know every line and all that stuff and I don't want to have to move, you know, take all my stuff and throw it away or give it away or give it to the kids or whatever and sell the house and move to some place else or whatever. You know what that is? That's prison. You know, it's maybe a gilded cage, but it's a prison nevertheless. And I'll get over it because, you know, I have to. (laughs) Because the house will defeat me if I let it. And maybe that's the same thing in your own life. That's holding you back from the great. Because it's comfortable. It's familiar. And you know what? You got your routine. It's easy. It, you know, you, it's okay. And it prevents us from the great. From finding out what lies beyond that door. How great and wide a world there is that God can use us in to make a difference. And so, God says to him, Lech lecha, lech lecha, go for yourself for your own sake, to the land that I will show you. He says this. He says this. El haaretz asher areka, that's the word that we translate, uh, to the land that I will show you. See, he's not only taking us from something, he's taking us to something. When the children of Israel were trapped in Egypt, and maybe they did suffer, you know, but even, you know, we, you, un, you can live with the taskmaster you know rather than the one you don't. And I'll bet you lots of those folks were really comfortable, even in their slavery. Maybe they had one of the cushy jobs in the kitchen or something. You know, they weren't building pyramids or whatever. And so they were okay. And sometimes we're okay in our own slavery. But God was not taking them merely out of something, out of a bad situation. He was bringing them to something, a land flowing with milk and honey. Something they couldn't maybe even imagine in their own mind what it might be. See, and that's the problem with with, things that are okay. They block our vision of what really is there. Beyond it, because God wants to deliver us to something else. One of the ways I trans—I did some translation work on this myself—and I I translated this sentence, "El ha'aretz asher to the world that I will reveal to you. Because "la'ah" can mean something that is revealed, so I'm stretching it a bit, maybe, but to a world, the ha'aretz, I will. Reveal to you. I know it's not a long, but arets can sometimes be translated. World. It means more than just the ground. To the world that I will reveal to you. I'm thinking uh, again about uh, you know my favorite bit of literature, the Lord of the Rings stuff, you know, and the Hobbit, and you know, Bilbo Baggins. He was, you know, the Hobbit very comfortable. He lived in a very comfortable situation. And, you know, Gandalf comes along and picks him of all the people there. And he discovers that the world is far greater than he could have ever imagined. And God wants us to believe that same thing, to know that there is something greater than what we do day by day by day. It's challenging because we have to leave things behind because those things, they have such grip on us that they become idols in our lives. They really do. Because ultimately we wind up serving them like me. I'm serving that house rather than it serving me. And we have to let them go so that we can be free to find out what God wants to reveal to us. Because He does. He has something greater for us. It, says, you know, it tells us here, God's intention is to bless us and to have us enjoy all the benefits of the eternal covenant that He's made with us and our fathers. So He's going to bring us to a new land Bring us to a new land, a new land where there are opportunities and challenges and the the chance to do great things, things that we might have thought were beyond us. And not only that, but we have the privilege of an abundant life that He promises to us if we rely on Him for this. He goes on to say the be Be'avracha, be and I will bless you. God wants to bless us, but here's the thing. If we insist on our own, building our own shell of blessing around ourselves, according to our own hand, well, you can have it, that's what you can get, that's what you'll have. Again, good, the enemy of great. You see? We, we build these houses and castles and things, you know, and we think, and we, and we can shelter ourselves. I'm so comfortable in this house. Like, like, you know, I know when I get home, all I have to do is sit in that plot myself in my little, well, I have an office there, you know, and it's got my TV and my computer and it's got all my stuff. And I can just plop myself there, and, I, and, and I'm comfortable. I'm worthless, but I'm comfortable. Because <laughs> I never wanted to do any work there. You know, I used to be, I, you know, I, I originally set it up so that I could work. You know what I mean? I, have to, I don't have to come to the office every single day. And the, but I don't do a whole lot of work there. It's too comfortable. I need to be surrounded by my books and, you know, and Gene yakking at me and, you know. Then I can be productive. (laughs) Right? Because God wants to bless me. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless you. But you can't be blessed if you're hiding in your own little castle, in your own little room. As long as we depend on ourselves solely, we can only go so far. And maybe you'll be one of the lucky ones. Maybe you'll be one of those people who's reasonably successful in life. and That'll be fine. And good will suffice for great in your life. But that's not blessing. God says, I want to bless you abundantly beyond all you can ask or think. You don't have the ability to comprehend the blessing that God has prepared for those who love him. Why would we turn that down for just good? It doesn't work that way. It shouldn't work that way. Let's put it that way. I want to challenge us all to step beyond our boundaries, our the houses we built, the lawns we don't want to mow anymore, really. You know? Or the comfort of sitting in your backyard and watching the birds fly by. Don't don't make fun of that. That's really good, actually. <laughs> because God wants to bless you, but more than that, uh, v'yeh bracha, He says, and you will be a blessing. See, he's not blessing us only for ourselves. He's blessing us so that we might be a blessing wherever it is we go. So why are we going to trap ourselves behind our, the little castles that we build? Well, what God wants is for us to be a blessing. The New English Translation translates Genesis 2, 12 to 2 this way, and I think it's wonderful. It says, then I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And here's the the kicker. So that you will exemplify divine blessing. That you will exemplify divine blessing. See, God wants to bless us in order that we might give divine blessing to the world. Through us. That's how it works. That's how God works. He blesses his people so that they will be a blessing to the rest of the world that does not know him yet. This is what Abraham became. That's why we call him the father of many nations. And who does not know the name of Abraham today? You have to be living in a deep dark hole if you don't know the name of Abraham. And he became a blessing to almost everybody on this planet so far. And by the time it, it all boils down, every person will have received the blessing of Abraham. So, how are you going to deal with this challenge? What are the things that are holding you back? Is it me'er this land... Momladechai, family, keeping up your father's house. Which one of those things is your excuse? If God has something greater for you, then you must go for the greater. You know, I'm going to leave this with one thing, very practically that's really disturbing me in the, these days. And, you know, listen, we all, we all know that this world is a desperate need of blessing. Right? I don't think any of us would disagree with that, particularly in the climate in which we live. You know, we live in what social scientists call an agonistic climate. A climate of conflict, even hatred. And all of us feel it. We feel it every single day. It's hard not to... How can we as the people of God call to a higher calling, make a difference? Be a blessing in the midst of all of this. And all the crazy cacophony of voices that are out there, and I don't care what side of the aisle people are on, I just don't care. We're all wrong. I want us to be something different so that we can bring healing and blessing in the world. Because this is the challenge of Lechakha, to depart from all of that junk, all that stuff. Leave it behind for something greater. Well, one of my favorite, favorite writers is a man named David Brooks. Uh, he writes, I know, he writes for the New York Times. I know he's a rat, that makes him a rat. But he's not, he's actually a conservative He's actually a very thoughtful person. And he was, uh, he was commenting on this same thing that I've just mentioned to you about, you know, agonistic societies and conflict and all this other stuff. And he's searching for a for way through it, too, apart from politics and policy. He's talking about being nice, civil. Human. So he says. So he he, he mentions this in this in a long essay that he wrote. And it said. And yet, the more I think about it, the more I agree with the argument of Yale Law Professor Stephen Carter, who uh, Carter made in his uh, 1998 book Civility. The only way to confront fanaticism is with love. Ask the fanatic genuine questions paraphrase what they say so they know they've been heard, show some ultimate care for their destiny and soul, even if you detest the words that come out of their mouth. In other words, people are human beings. Everyone is shaped in the image of God. So it doesn't matter whether or not you like what they say, or how they say it even. They're a human being who needs something greater than they already have, settling for whatever they think is good. So he says, you, he continues, you, you, you engage fanaticism with love first for your own sake. for your own sake. If you succumb to the natural temptation to greet this anger with your own anger, you spend your days consumed by bitterness and revenge. You'll be a worse person in all ways. But if, on the other hand, you fight that instinct, your natural tendency to use the rhetoric of silencing, and instead regard this person as one who is in his way bringing you gifts, then you defeat the dark passion. You replace it with a better passion. And here's the the tagline that really got to me. You'll teach the world something about you. In the way you listen, you see that's what we need to do in order to be a blessing. I'll end with this. I have to go to a wedding next weekend, so I had some some tailoring done on a pair of pants that I was I'm going to be wearing. So I went to uh, I went to this found this tailor. Now I don't know if you know this, but tailoring is like a dying profession. So the only people you'll ever meet who are tailors are like little old ladies or little old men, you know. About, you know. And so I go to this tailor shop and sure enough it's a little old Italian lady. And she is, she's come to measure me and she's hobbling terribly. You can see she's in pain. And I'm thinking, boy, I, I, I hate to put her out. <laughs> you know, I just hate putting her out. And so I, so I said, uh, what's the matter? And so she shared with me that she's got a knee problem. You know, she's, you know she needs, it's really bad. And I said, well, you know, I, I can really relate to that. I have even had to have my knee replaced. So I know all about knee pain. And we commiserated for a little while. She measured me up, got all that done. And I I said to her, and I said, what's your name? She says, Maria. I said, Maria, why don't you pray for you? Because I I could feel her suffering. And believe me, I know exactly what it feels like. And when we can empathize with people, and people know that we have that empathy for them, and just say a little word, it's, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort, really. Now, listen, she wasn't healed the minute I prayed. But she had a little smile on her face instead of that grimace that she had the whole time. So you feel like maybe you made it a little bit of a difference in somebody, even if it's only for a moment in a day. <clears throat> That's lech lecha. That is, to me... Going where God wants us to go. We have a we have a responsibility to move beyond where we are in the comfort of our own being to a new place that God will show us. He's going to reveal a world to us that we don't even know yet. I don't know what your personal leklakah may be, or your personal you know, ha aretzes, you know, or any of that. But whatever it is, do not let the good hold you back from what is great. God bless you.